feel like we could do um, a DJ tag at the beginning of this since we're getting uh, we're getting musical on the Schizoid podcast today. I have one half of the electronic group Bames with me. I have James Welch today, Yo. so we gotta be like <laughs> it'd be a little bit of like a, if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm gonna shoot you. Pretty much. Or was it DJ Esco? Let's go. Yeah, basically something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was th- I've actually been thinking about like starting off every podcast with that one of those tags cuz okay. I don't know the D- the Metro Boomin just cracks me up oh, so much sure. with those so um but anyways man uh let's jump right in and All let's right. get let's get a little bit of background on kind of what inspired you to get into music and tell us a little bit about that Yeah so uh it was around I guess like 2008 or so and I was just listening to the radio and just doing the normal thing. And then all of a sudden I found out about this whole like kind of subculture of music, starting with uh, Flying Lotus and Brain Feeder and all them. And after that, it kind of just like propelled all of this interest and just, I don't know, overall like wanting for something more, I guess, because all the music that I had heard was just kind of stuff on the radio. And then after I heard this, it was like, life-changing and that's kind of like what started everything right on so were you were you in like the middle school band or like were you ever like in band or anything or you just kind of stumbled into it Nah, man i was straight up into like baseball and like (laughs) sports and skateboarding and all that right on and that kind of like went hand in hand with skateboarding because i would just listen to mixes and like go skate and then at a certain point i realized that i actually liked the music like a lot more than not more but i realized that's like what was inspiring my skateboarding Right a little on. bit, and then I just went into that direction like really hard. Gotcha. Um, so, what was what was like your big first purchase as far as gear goes? Man, probably the first mixer I had because I started DJing before like producing, and that was a Vestax. I can't remember what it was, what it's called, but it was about like nine hundred dollars at the time, and for me that was like. I mean, still is a lot of money, but it like now you can like find it for like 300 bucks. But that's like the first really like big piece of gear I bought, I guess. And then after that, uh, once I got into like production some more, uh, my buddy Brian, the other half of BAMES, he was really into production at the time. So he had uh, the, the MIDI keyboard and like Ableton first. And then we just started buying like analog synths a lot. Nice. That's. Yeah, definitely our Poly 6 is the biggest purchase we've made. Nice. So when did you start DJing? Like, how old were you? 16. 16. 16 or so. Yeah. And so just, just like in your, in my room. In your room, oh, just yeah. like banging it out. Yeah, and just like playing high, like high school parties and stuff like that. And just like, nice. yeah, just being a little, not like reckless or anything, but at the time it was just like, it was just kind of what I did and it was just for fun. And I really enjoyed it, and that just, like, led to the realization of, like, if I really wanted to do this, then I, and, like, really, like, wanted to make the music that I was playing out, then I'd have to, like, really, like, step up and learn how to use, like, the software for, like, Ableton and, like, get my, like, ideas out there and, like, express that, and uh, that's definitely how that led to BAMES, essentially. Right on. Yeah. So... How did you end up meeting Brian? Where did you guys? Brian and I met. At? We uh, we we met in high school, 
Uh, actually, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, the first time I met him, I was wearing this ridiculous like wolf t-shirt, and he was wearing a ridiculous like whale t-shirt, <laughs> and we just kind of like looked at each other and we were just like, "All right." Like, okay, I, I, I kind of mess with you. And then we like started talking and then he had the same kind of interest in music and like one thing led to another. And then we just both wound up in Austin at the same time doing the same kind of stuff. And then we just were like, all right, let's, let's try to make a track together and like see what happens. And that track ended up being the, the title track for our EP. So it was crazy. Like the first track we ever worked on was so, Dirty Booty or whatever. <laughs> so we've got like truck stop style t-shirts to thank for the exactly <laughs> yeah and yeah yeah exactly like 2010 like funny tees i guess yeah right on. yeah nice. silly but hey it sparked it no I, from talking to you before i know that you guys like try to transcend you know don't like to be lab, you know boxed in as you know a particular yeah. genre or subgenre for sure but uh let's kind of segue into talking about a little bit about your influences like okay both both of you guys if you have if you can speak for them yeah definitely uh well like i was saying kind of like in the beginning uh it was definitely like flying lotus and like after that got real into like stone's throw and like like quasimodo and uh just like like john wayne type people and then we also come from like this weird like background like idm type stuff like Aphex twin uh uh, square pusher like all those like all these weird different like eras i guess of electronic music like kind of like cultivating into like one is like the best way i can kind of describe it so our influences definitely like shaped what we want to make because that's like the kind of stuff we like respect the most and like want to like incorporate into our music i guess which is why we use a lot of or predominantly analog sense because it's nice. like the same kind of like feel and texture and like vibe from all those so we like really like respect that like past of electronic music and definitely like try to incorporate it into our own yeah for sure i was checking out some of your stuff on uh on title i'm a title subscriber oh, so yeah watch nice. out okay Fucking flex on you okay <laughs> <laughs> and i definitely hear you know i hear a little bit of the uh you know some 808s maybe oh yeah a little for bit sure. of, a little bit of hi-hat so like definitely yeah. a little bit of a of a trappish yeah kind yeah, of sound yeah, in yeah some of it yeah you know, exactly I don't no <laughs> i mean for sure and like that's like definitely the element of like hip-hop we try to we try to infuse in there and then i think a lot of that like the drum kits get kind of over like or they overshadow like the kind of like the synth work that we do because it's it's definitely like hip-hop but in it's all kind of coming from this like heavy analog based like background which i mean hip-hop has as well but it's just really hard to describe it as one thing because there are so many different elements in each track i feel like like yeah. we have pretty con like we have like a conscious effort to like switch up into different genres throughout a single track so it may start out sound like some juke like 160 beat but it's like 135 and then halfway through, it'll just, like, switch up completely into, like, this hip-hop, like, expanded almost, like, 90 BPM sounding thing. And then at the end, it'll turn into, like, a club track. And it's just, like, it all comes back to us, like, not being happy with just one sound. Right. And, like, we like to have the conversation of, like, what our music is or, like, what the genre is because we don't really, 
want to put a label on it slash know how to put a label <laughs> on it to where we like the the goal is to like have our sound and i feel like we've like honed it to where people will like hear something or one of our buddies will hear something and like we'll just be playing it and it'll just be like hey is this y'all and we'll just be like yeah like yeah it is and it's just like oh okay i could tell from like this or that and right. like having those kind of like tiny nuances or like little things that we like to change up like really help yeah because i mean i felt like you guys could even do like a asap rocky track like you could definitely Dude, throw something have, together and, and the like, thing is like we have a lot of different tracks that are just like sitting that are like really like spooky sounding like like stuff that you like wouldn't exactly like recognize maybe from our ep right because of like just what we've tried to do to change that not like change it but i guess grow on it and we really like just changing up our styles it really just matters like how we're feeling that day or like what the weather's like like honestly if it's like raining out and we're like in the studio like we'll make some kind of like really dark hip-hop beat or something but it, it could be over like any like rapper could like rap over it so yeah. i re that's just like how we kind of work yeah right on yeah because it's like you're not i wouldn't call you like necessarily i don't know it doesn't sound like the deep house kind of like really dark and yeah gothic sounding like it's a little bit yeah. brighter exactly and yeah. more of like exactly. almost like towards that down tempo maybe mm -hmm. kind of style but n not quite going that far you know what i mean yeah. like you still have a little bit of a darker edge to mm -hmm. it yeah there's there's always definitely like some sort of brightness i guess to it that we like to bring but uh yeah it, it's it can go either way. I mean, we can be halfway through a track and then we'll be like, oh, this sounds like, sounds like really dark or this sounds like really bright. And then we'll just add kind of like the opposite element to like kind of balance it out in a little bit. But I think on the new, the new EP and the new track we have coming out, it'll be a lot. Uh, it'll make a lot more sense, I guess. <laughs> Let's discuss a little bit about your, your first release mm -hmm. and you know, let the listeners know where where we can find that. Yeah, titles, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's on title. I assume <laughs> uh, you're on there, man. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, You've reached it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's on Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Pandora. You can hear that. That's where some people have heard it. That have led to other things as well, which is pretty crazy. Um, and. Just basically anywhere you can stream music. YouTube, we have a music video for it as well. Uh, and yeah, just basically anywhere. Which track do you guys have a, a video for? Uh, Dirty Booty. Dirty Booty. And yeah. that's, the, that's the EP's title Yeah, that's as the well, title right? track, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, the video is uh, it's interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, man, I was listening to another one. I guess it was a single you got, Lobo. Yeah, dude, that I was really, awesome. I, yeah, I think that might be my favorite thing that I've heard from you guys that's so far. That's really interesting and awesome to hear because for us that was, uh, that was on the, uh, oh man, I can't believe I can't remember what it was. It's on that the compilation with uh, a couple other of our like favorite producers at the time, uh, and it was it was really fun to make because that was a cassette sample that we like found and we have this like really weird like cassette tape from the school of uh the school of the blind that we found at uh goodwill <laughs> and it was like three bucks and it's got all these like crazy just like transposed things for the tape and 
we actually just had like found this random cassette tape from it was like like literally like flute like flute blowing like it was a flute (laughs) or something like that like future stuff and uh yeah mask off yeah literally like whenever we heard that we were just like oh man should we like re-release lobo because it like seriously sounds like pretty much like that (laughs) and like and that one was just like super fun to make because we got to use like our weird like just i don't know approach to that because like other than cassette like we use like reel to reels to add texture to like our synths and stuff like that we'll like record straight to ableton record out through a reel to reel then record back into ableton and like get all that like just weird tape texture sounds and so that was kind of like one of the tracks that like started that because that was the first one we made with this little cassette thing and right. we were just like man like we can do a lot of weird stuff that we did not think we were able to do right on uh-huh. what what about vinyl do you guys go dig through old vinyl at all or do you keep it more digital not necessarily um i mean we definitely like have vinyl collections but it's not we don't rip or sample directly from vinyl uh we just like i don't know we don't i mean honestly we just don't have a way to do it but uh we also just really like the other ways like through the cassette and then just like kind of making our own weird textures with the like equipment we do have to where it can kind of get that same like vinyl feel without the I don't know just like the distortion of the vinyl but we're open to it for sure like definitely want to right on so let's let's talk to you about your a little bit more about the tools that you guys do use outside of tapes and mm-hmm. and whatnot because i know you've talked about analog synth yeah and uh i don't know a lot about that world like i'm kind yeah. of i'm definitely a novice but it's it really interests me because i really I like that 80s yeah. analog oh, synth yeah. sound. I just For I sure. fucking love it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, so basically, if you guys, anyone out there has not checked out Switched On here in Austin, it is the best, and I definitely recommend going out there if you're just like a synth nerd. And uh, that's where we basically pick up all the like all of our all of our gear, and uh, we have a we have an Emacs three that straight up like. You have to use fucking floppy disks to lo- to <laughs> load to load the samples. So, so but, wait, are we talking about like the three and a half inch or like the like the series like a five and a quarter like floppy? Three, three and a half inch, <laughs> gotcha. but but there's <laughs> like four to a set. So you have to upload the fir- they're in order. There's like disk one, disk two, disk three, disk four for this one like sound bank. And if you don't upload them in the right like order, like it just won't work. And you get we have like five five or six different blocks of four like floppy disks that you have to load into it in order for it to work but that actually is the the like synth that use or that we use to make chrome eagle which is the other track uh another track on our ep that ended up going on that like tbs show recently which was really cool uh so yeah like that and then we have a roland d50 that was used i'm pretty sure this is the one that was used for the uh the theme song for the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> like straight up from the 80s That's and so awesome. yeah and the poly 6 is uh from the 80s as well and that that thing is a monster that's like what we used for uh sippin which is another track on the ep which is just just a really kind of like dark sounding track for sure but uh yeah and like sequential like synthesizer and i'm trying to think of the rest 
like a CZ 5000, I believe is what it is. Yeah, we like just too much almost. And it's really awesome though because it just gives us so much like diversity whenever we're like trying to think of what mood we want or like anything like that because we already know which synth like makes which like what they like are capable of I guess uh-huh. so it's when we get to a point where it's kind of like like we kind of like we're missing something here and then we think about it and we're like oh the D50 would be perfect for this or like oh we can like do some arpeggiator stuff with the poly 6 and like just having all of those options are like it's so nice like whenever you're in that like creative like zone because you're not like limited to just like one thing which is why we always like buy more and more synths because it's just like we don't like necessarily get tired of one, but we see or we like feel like there's a missing part to a track that we may have used the other one for. And so we're just like, oh man, we got to fill this in with that. And then like the pocket piano, that thing is awesome. That's like, if you listen to Shigeto at all, he had an album where he just only used that to like, and the album is sick. Uh, and then we have a monotron. That is the, like, thing that made the crazy, like, LFO sounds in Chrome Eagle, and that thing's, like, the size of a pager or something. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Um, so that the store you're talking about, that's on, like, Caesar, right? East Caesar? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be on 11th Street, but now it's on uh, East Caesar Chavez. Because uh, I was on Reddit one day on, like, the, the Radiohead subreddit mm-hmm. whenever they were doing ACL here. And yeah. somebody yeah, yeah, posted yeah. they were, like, they were in the they store in there, with, yeah. like, Tom York and mm-hmm. some of the other guys from, yeah. from Radiohead were in there checking out some of the gear. Yeah, exactly. And did a whole post on it, yeah, which we, I thought was pretty yeah, fucking we sweet. Yeah, we went in there with our buddy Alfred uh, Daedalus, and he just, like, bought, like, <laughs> he bought, like, two, like, uh, I forget what it was. He bought like some pet. He bought like a pedal for like five hundred bucks or something like that. Or I don't know how much. I don't want to disclaim how much he, he spent on stuff. But <laughs> uh, but yeah. So he so he just like got that. So it's like a very well known spot. Like at least like in Texas, to where I know many artists that like come in, and then that's like one of the spots that they want to check out or go back to. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cool mm-hmm. to have that local yeah. local scene going. Shout out. Um. I know you mentioned a little while ago about, you know, about some people hearing you on Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of those people would be uh, the very kind Rick Owens, who <laughs> uh, didn't have to at all, but outreached to us about uh, making the uh, the soundtrack for his fashion show of Paris, the Paris Fashion Week, uh, the Sphinx show at first, and after that it was, it. I mean, when we got that email, we didn't know if it was real or not and, <laughs> like, after reading it and then, like, doing more research and, like, seeing, like, how this, like, this guy's, like, aesthetic, essentially, like, on social media is, like, all caps, and, like, <laughs> we look back at the email and, like, the emails and straight up all caps and we're just like okay like (laughs) i think this is him and like we just kept in touch and like he ended up really liking what we did for the first one which was just we like basically made an edit of two of our tracks from our ep to where they extended to about 10 to 12 minutes and so that was really fun because we got to revisit like are the first tracks that we ever made yeah, and got to like kind of put a little extra twist on it from where we were at that point, uh, like throughout our growth and like production style and stuff like that. 
And so what we sent him like first try, he was just like, perfect. Like, this is it. And then we just like had to wait for that moment and like stayed up to like four or five in the morning to watch it live. And it was insane. Like, it, yeah, it was, it was crazy to see like after that, I think, I can't remember what the next one was called, but he asked us to do it again. And then uh, like at that, uh, like Jared Leto and like ASAP Rocky were there. And like, I'm just like seeing these people in the crowd <laughs> listening to our music. And we're just like, dude, what is going on right now? Like, it was wild. And that, that all just came off of him on Pandora one day. And just our song came up off of whatever playlist or artist he was listening to. And then it just like hit, like stuck with him, I guess. And made a point to outreach and it was one of the more wild things that happened to us for sure i guess i'll have to go back and fill in the listeners on who rick owens is because uh, yeah. maybe maybe everyone doesn't Sorry. know yeah uh, so rick owens is american designer um he does a lot of i don't know his it's hard to even yeah describe. it's really it's difficult. like yeah. gothic um dark drapey long exaggerated yeah. silhouettes um, and you can still find some of his stuff at Barney's. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty, it's kind of like a lot of his more popular pieces are like sneakers and, and streetwear yeah. based stuff that I, collab. that I I really enjoy. But uh, he's actually, he's like my favorite designer. So when I heard that yeah. your music had gotten picked up, I was like, holy shit, I've got to meet this guy. Yeah, dude, to hear yeah, this story. For sure. Yeah. So just to give you guys a heads up. So the, Rick Owens is, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a he's pretty obscure, yeah. he's still a pretty obscure reference, I think, oh, for, for sure. like, for like the main, for the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, God, he's what, definitely what, got his footprint, <laughs> like all over the place though. It's like, it's crazy. What a great cosign. Did you, did you know at the time who, like, had you ever heard of, of Rick at that time? Honestly, no, not in like the term, like in like the scale of like, like what he like represented or like who he actually was. I'd seen some of his uh, his shoes without like really knowing, I guess. And then once we got the email, we kind of like did that research and yeah. then got back. And then we asked, uh, excuse me, we we asked one of our buddy's uh, girlfriends who was living in Brooklyn <laughs> at the time, uh, who was like call hi call yeah, hipster, central. yeah, exactly, friend, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So she was like in like in fashion retail or merchandising or something like that, and uh, and so we just hit her up and we we're just like yeah so this guy like rick owens like wants us to make this fashion show like this is a good look she's like are you fucking kidding me she's like do you know what this is and we were like uh, yeah and like yeah i think so she was like no you don't like this is like gonna be huge like paris fashion week guys like people are gonna be there and then that was just kind of like oh shit and it was like oh this is like real now but like it, it only like it got only just got us more excited to work on it and like that was that it wasn't even really stressful because of that because we kind of like didn't understand in a sense still like right. we, we got it like we got like this was like kind of a big deal but once it like came out and like we were looking at this crowd and like what it really meant <laughs> we were just like oh damn like this is like real and then the second one that was the like really controversial one actually that was like i don't know if you remember the, uh, I don't know if you'd say controversial, but it was just what he decided to do for that that show with his men's show. Are you talking about? So he had did the show with, I guess, the cutouts around the yes. male models' genitals. Yes. So dicks out. Dicks out for <laughs> sure. 
And that was actually the whenever I was saying earlier, we like stayed up to like four or five to try to watch it. I didn't emphasize <laughs> try like like we tried to watch it, but it was actually right after uh, a show that we had. It was our monthly. And uh, so like it was it was already like two or three in the morning when we got back home and we were just going to try to stay up to like watch it. And we like turned it on, like turned on the stream, and, like our eyes are closing and it's just like <laughs> it was supposed to start at this time and then people are still walking around. We're just like, all right, man, this isn't going to happen tonight. And so we just like went to bed and then we woke up and like phones just like blew up. Like our Twitter was going crazy and like people were just like, like, yo, did you guys see what this like what he did? And we were just like, <laughs> oh, shit, what did he do? And then like the first thing I saw was like the Huffington Post article about it. And like they, it was really funny. Uh, I think it was the Huffington Post one that described it. Like, like the very beginning was just like it started with a thunderous clash of electronic music, and we were just like, yes, <laughs> we made. It. Yeah, exactly. And then it was just like the dicks out, and we were just like, whoa, <laughs> it was like, like did not expect that we at were... all. Like he didn't, he never told us any specifics about any of the shows or like how uh, anything would work right. out. And uh, and so I guess that was the first. It must have been the first one then. And because uh, the second one was when they had all the like the metal faces and stuff, which was gotcha. really sweet. But uh, but yeah, so waking up to that was really interesting. And like it wasn't like it didn't bother us at all by any means. Like, I mean, of course yeah, not. But it. yeah, exactly. And like, if anything, it was just like causing more of like. Yeah, a exactly. Stir. Right? And like Sensation. people were talking about it everywhere. Like New York Times article, like everybody was just like, wait a minute. Like, what did he just do? But it was an honor to be a part of like both of those shows and like working with Rick for sure. So did you guys get any direct mentions in any of the, in any of the press? Uh, I, I believe, I believe we did. Yeah, we did on his, on the YouTube video, but, uh, whenever it came to like New York times or yeah, the, the, the like, like big things, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like, yeah, the, the mentions of like the music, the like slight mentions or whatever, <laughs> of, like the like electronic music or even like just a little like, toss in like moment about the like tracks we were just like so psyched on and just our buddies that who like knew or whenever it came out we like were able like we weren't we weren't able to tell anybody about it until like it aired so we were just like sitting for like months just like with this information like we're just like oh my god just hurry up (laughs) get here yeah just get (laughs) here and so that day finally came and then we posted about it and then i remember one of our buddies like robbie he was just like She's like, oh my God. He's like, my day is made. Like, Bames, <laughs> Bames made the soundtrack for this show. Like, what the hell? And, like, we had, like, a bunch of our friends, like, just, like, giving us a lot of support. Even, like, like just, like, I mean, they were thinking kind of, like, oh, my God. They were, like, behind this the whole time. And they, like, supported <laughs> this, like, this, like, movement, this grand gesture. When, in reality, we had no <laughs> idea what the fuck was going to happen. And then it just happened. And, like... It was great though. Like it was definitely one of those moments you don't forget for sure. So is there are there pictures like on did you cut something out for mom for the fridge? Like <laughs> the dicks out pic? No, not that one. <laughs> uh, she definitely found out about it and uh, like yeah, I mean like they're it, they I bless their hearts. They try to understand like <laughs> what I do at some points, but funny. like yeah, it, it's just like yeah we're doing this like fashion show like blah blah blah. and they're just like oh yeah okay like i bet and then like it happens they're like oh damn you actually did it it was like yeah and they're like that's awesome like that's so cool and like that but they do have the uh that uh austin chronicle article they got that one on the fridge so that was cool yeah Uh, 
I have to dig that up too. Yeah. Um, I don't want I don't want to spend all day talking about this. Yeah. Although it's definitely no, yeah. very very near. Very yeah, near I mean, and we dear have to that we have that connection right there. <laughs> yeah. No, we could talk about it all day. I just want to ask you. So what what did Rick say? Like you told me about the all caps. It was like he's like yeah. uh. I don't really know you guys, but uh, no, it my was name like, is my name is Richard. No, yeah, it my was name's, he, my name's Dick. He said my name is Rick. He was like, "Hey guys, Rick." It was like Rick, like it was just like Rick here essentially, and like it was it was super confident. Like it wasn't anything. Like it, it was more of him like reaching out to us as like almost like equals on the same plat. Like he wasn't like. I want you guys to like make this music, like do it, blah, blah, blah. He was just like, I found your music. Like, I love it. Like, I think it would be perfect for my show. Like, please like get back to me. I want to like work with you guys on this and like talk like logistics and like all that. And so it was like super kind, like super friendly. And like that, it was just super loud because it was in all caps. So it was just like, like kind <laughs> of hard to like tell, like match the tone. But like, it was, it was probably like, six seven sentences long and so it was like it was a good message like he took the time to like like write some like personalized like thought like thoughtful like outreach email to us and so that was just like super like exciting because we're just like damn like this guy really like respects our music and like appreciates that we're making this weird stuff that he can't and i mean that comes back to like the genre thing i guess is like the fact that rick hit us up about our music because he probably didn't understand or like not understand but like it sounded weird and it wasn't like some genre that he could like hook onto, which is like i think kind of what he likes to do with his own fashion so i think that's like what prompted him to kind of want us to like work with him so that was really cool too because we definitely understood that it was just like the weird side of both spectrums like working together Nice. So did you guys see any uptick following that in terms of listens or like pub? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like Twitter definitely got boosted a little bit more. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's hard to tell, I guess, but we knew and like all of the people that were like already our followers or fans or whatever they knew because they were seeing us post about it. And then like Rick was posting about it. And so it's really hard to like find that like, actual value whenever it's not like being thrown in your face with like a bunch of likes on Facebook or something at once. But we've had those moments. Uh, definitely. That was one, uh, maybe not as big as whenever we made our, this like weekend edit, like for King of the fall, which was a couple years ago. And that like, that took off. That was crazy. Like, cause we like, whenever we put out something that we really like, we'll, email fool's gold about it uh -huh. and we'll be like hey guys we're about to like put out this track like it'd be really cool if you guys could like resound it on your soundcloud or something just to like get some more buzz and like they're super awesome about that and every time that we do that they they help us and that one because it was the weekend and it was kind of around the same time that album came out like people on their page just just ate it up and like started posting it on other forums and like all this other stuff. And now it's like at 600,000 plays or something, which like for us is insane and like super cool, like to see. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like the Rick, the Rick stuff definitely led to more people like taking us more, not more so seriously, I guess, but like commercial wise. Cause they saw us working with like professionals in that world and not just like, throwing stuff up on SoundCloud every once in a while. So that I think led to uh, 
more like or i guess like bigger opportunities right on did you guys release your ep through fool's gold or yeah yeah so that was yeah that was crazy because we had those few tracks and then we gave them to our buddy alfred uh, dayless and he passed it along to these dudes like gas lamp killer and like guys on brain feeder which for us was insane because as i was saying like that's like one of our my especially like biggest influences like to get into this in the first place and just the fact that a couple of the dudes on their label are like playing our tracks out is like so crazy and then that i i believe i don't know how fool's gold really hurt us but i think just the fact that through our like friends who were already like kind of like really who were really doing it uh played our stuff out to where that started the conversation of just like what is this like who is this like whoa like what's going on here and it's just like yeah these kids from austin and then that's what kind of i mean fool's gold contacted us when we had i think like 200 followers on soundcloud (laughs) and so like that like spoke volumes to just like knowing not like knowing the right people but just like getting yourself involved getting yourself involved in that scene and like at an earlier like point in like what you're making and like for us it was just like fun like we were just making like stupid tracks in his room like we had no real like intention on like doing like a lot with it like we were djing at the time like down here but uh like that was still just like a very early stage of like our career i guess of just like all right we need to like make tracks now like we want to like make tracks now and then we did and then we just like passed them on just like out in the wonderland and was ending up on like mixes on vice or on like thump i guess at the time i don't know if that's what it's called still but uh but yeah we just started seeing our tracks like pop up in like these random mixes and we're like okay this is really cool and then we got that email from fool's gold and i was on my way down from dallas to a show that we had in austin because i was living up there for a little bit and that's when we got this email the like fool's gold email and i did it was the same bit i called brian i was just like dude what it's like what is this and he's just like because the email was just like from nick catch dubs and he was just like hey i'm nick like i run this label with uh with a track like like we heard a couple of y'all's like tracks we really want to release it like blah blah, blah. and like <laughs> we we thought it was one of our buddies in san francisco who's like who, like works for google and is like just super <laughs> smart and like also a very like big troll who we were just like (laughs) we were just like yes straight up like we were just like all (laughs) right who's like like who's fucking with us right now and we like literally called him like we were like yo did you guys like send us this email he's just like no dude what are you talking about he's like why would i spend the time to do that we're like okay yeah fair and like we emailed him back and then dude those like that it was like waiting for a text from like like I, I don't even know what it was. It was just crazy. It was like three days of just like, oh my god, just please respond. Like please <laughs> get back to us so we know this is real or like something. Yeah. And then like for the next like month, whenever we were talking about it, like each email we got, it was kind of like, <sighs> I was like, all right, dude, we got to link up and we got to open this at the same time and read it at the same time and like figure out like what are we gonna do next? And like it was, it was crazy. And I'm super glad that it worked out. Well. No small feat in itself. I don't just to reiterate for the listeners what Fool's Gold is. Is yeah. a pretty indie label. They do, I guess, a lot some EDM. Yeah, 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 stuff, but yeah. also a lot of hip hop. Oh I mean, yeah, I know like Danny Brown started Danny Brown, started on there. Um, I feel like they've done a couple of uh, Dooms releases too. I I'm think they sure. did like JJ Doom maybe. maybe. Ooh, with Janelle Gennaro. I should probably know. Um, 
pretty pretty sure. Yeah. But I mean, a legit indie yeah. indie label. I yeah. Mean, they started like I feel like uh, uh, like Flostradamus. They were on Fool's Gold. That's like their first start, I think, yeah. or like when they decided or they linked up. And those those dudes are super cool. Uh, and then like we actually got to meet Danny Brown. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, at the <laughs> like the first the first year we uh, we were on the label. It was like it was like basically like the second or third year down here, and like for South by, and they had their showcase at uh, Beauty Beauty Bar Beauty Ballroom. It's now uh, I can't remember. It's next to Emos. It's like right that on. big big spot. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, and. Uh, and like it was his 30th birthday i think yeah and like he was closing it out and we were in the back like in the like green room area and he's like in there with his just fucking squad of like eight <laughs> dudes deep and like he does his show and they're all just like unrolling swishers in the back and just like doing the whole bit and like he comes in like we're just like yo man and he's like it's like you're like, dude, that was a fucking like great set. He's just like, he's like, thanks, man. He's like, I'm fucked up, and then he just like, <laughs> he just like walks away. And we're just like, oh my god, this is everything I wanted to like meet Danny Brown like to happen, and like that was really funny. And that was also the year where we did our like, it was really crazy because like we were getting stuff like thrown at us that we weren't sure if it was like real or not. Like our <laughs> our buddy who was like, who was the the TM for Flosterdomus at the time, who lived in Austin, Sam. Uh, Scrouse, Sam Krause, shout out. Uh, he uh, he like walked up to us and he was just like, "Yo, he's like, you guys like, you guys got your faces on?" We're like, "Why?" He's like, "MTV wants to like talk to y'all for a minute." And we were just like, "What the fuck?" We we're like, "Wait, what?" And we had like just gotten done playing and we were just like, uh, we "We're like, oh my god." <laughs> and we we're like, "Dude, we're not ready. Like, what is going on?" And like, and like after that, like they're just like, "Yeah, be on standby," and we were just like shaking and like <laughs> I mean, we were just like kids like we had just like this was the first year like we were on fool's gold and like we weren't really expecting this kind of like thing and uh some like that didn't end up happening we didn't have to go on mtv danny was on mtv that night but <laughs> naturally uh but we did do a like video interview outside of the place with uh iheart comics and because that's like who was putting on the event and like they had the whole like camera lights thing on and we were like supposed to be like be like the dudes like yo what's up like this is babes we out here at the fool's gold showcase like blah blah and we're just like timid kids like right, we're like and we're just like oh, hey guys. we're like hey what's uh, up we're like yo we're babes like play this music yeah. like yeah Our fucking buddies behind us like on the railing just like oh dude <laughs> crazy and we're just like oh my uh, god like this is this is too wild and like so that was like our first like introduction to like that like kind of thing to expect and so like the south buys after that got a lot easier right for on. sure <laughs> but yeah it was a really cool first experience like for sure that's awesome man i'm a huge danny brown f fan Dude, as well yeah actually i did a meet and greet with him uh the last time he came through town really yeah of course i had to had to where the Rick Owens, and he was like, oh, nice shoes, man. I was oh, like, that's right. Yes. That's all I needed oh, to hear. Oh, that's perfect. Boom. Dude, that is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Sweet, sweet validation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I fucking love that guy. Dude, yeah, he, him and Rusty, whenever him and Rusty worked on a track, like, Rusty's straight up one of, like, my favorite producers, and, like, Attack, like, him, yes. dude, that was... That's a great song, man. When I first saw that video, I think it was at Coachella when they premiered it, or it was some festival, and, like, 
you could just feel the energy like from that video you're just like oh my god this is gonna like bring places down and like it did it is so cool i need to play i haven't listened to that track in a, and, in a the, minute, oh yeah revisit it watch need, the music yeah. video like it's insane you should check out there's a there's a youtube video and it's asap rocky and it's danny they're on a kathy griffin show <laughs> And oh my god. So I don't know if you've ever seen the like this sex game and it's these dice. So oh, you yeah, roll like yeah, two yeah. dice yeah. and it's got like lick this or kiss that, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so oh they're god. like playing this with Kathy, Kathy Griffin, Griffin and it's ASAP rocking and it's like suck boob or tit or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's like starts sucking her boob. What? Like on the outside, outside of, of the her sh- shirt. Yes, outside of the shirt. What channel was this on? <laughs> I, what, I don't even, like, was this online? Like, I don't even remember. I randomly caught the video. I must have been on like Facebook or something. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, and like Danny just flips out, dude, and oh, he laughs like God. a high. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I'm sure he freaked out. Oh yeah, dude. You've got to go see. Oh my God. I will pull that up on YouTube later. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Or that's the uh, or like the uh, overrated or underrated with him. Have you seen that? No. Oh my God. You have to check that out. It's like where they like ask him like different things. It's like like cereal. And he's just like, I think it, I think it's cereal. And he's just like, or like North Korea or something. And he's just like, oh man, he's like underrated. He's like, it's like them, them got, them dudes got nuclears, cuz and like shit like that. Like it's so ridiculous. Uh, that's great. Yeah, have to check that out. Fly low nice. and Thundercut have one too. That's really good. Nice. Oh man, good stories. <laughs> so that's a great segue though into because uh, you were talking about doing live shows tell us a little bit about what your live setup is like because I, yeah. you know is it like you know you kind of up there with the laptop you do yeah have your... yeah yeah i mean like in at first like going back to uh that <laughs> that first piece of gear that i got oh, excuse me uh yeah we used that thing for the first like year or so or two maybe for our shows because we were a little like timid to use like cdjs or anything like that right and we we did like we started out kind of like experimenting with like turntables and like vinyl and serato just like with that and uh, we just didn't have the equipment after that to keep doing it so we started doing cdjs uh probably like three years ago or so and that's like with like scratch live so we had the laptop and like now now we've definitely we've like gone over to just straight flash drive CDJs, so there's no like laptop and you're just like reading it off there, uh, which is really really fun. But for like the big or like kind of like the bigger shows in the beginning, we definitely use the Vestax. So like we opened for Justice at Austin City Music Hall one time, and that was like probably the biggest crowd we've ever played to, or one of the biggest crowds, and that was with the Vestax, but. Now it's definitely like CDJs and the way we kind of do it is like two, like two on two each. So it's like, we'll, Brian or I will start the set and then we'll get in one mix and then the next person will do the next two and then we'll just switch off back and forth. And then the other one's just kind of like playing to the crowd, which is nice because we both love to DJ and it's not like one guy's just up there, like standing on the fucking DJ table with a (laughs) mic, like yelling at everybody. But it's, like, very interactive, and, like, we feed off of each other, and, like, just the fact that we like all the same shit makes it, like, super easy. And we'll have, like, playlists that just, like, it's just, like, cool shit, or just, like, tracks we forgot about, or, like, club shit, or, like, all these different, like, subcategories that aren't exactly in any sort of order, like, 
in a set list, but we know where to grab from essentially. So yeah, it's always, it's always just like up in the air. We're not like planning. We don't like plan our sets or anything. And those usually, or not usually, like those always end up being the better ones whenever there's no weird technical malfunction or anything <laughs> right. like that and it goes smoothly. Yeah, it's always it's always way fun to do that. Right on. Um, so you guys are def- are also planning or to get back in the studio, start laying down some new tracks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was actually really good before Brian left uh, for work for a while. We finished up this one track with uh, this producer Holly and that's going to come out in August uh, through this label Prime in Dallas and Prime er, and somewhat down here and that's like that's going to be kind of like our big like re-entry into like the scene not like re-entry because we've been putting out like remixes and stuff throughout the way that have like been really good like perceived really well Uh, but this is like going to be the jump back into like EP launch mode kind of like the preview i guess you know what i'm saying like get the talk started before we release or like try to send send something out on fool's gold because okay. we've just really been like trying to like hone in our sound and we've finished a couple projects but by the time we have those like four tracks done or something we're on to a different kind of sound that we like and it's always just like a hard thing to set up a release with what you want to release at that time because it always takes a little bit to yeah. get it released right and so this project we're working on now, <laughs> sorry, I'm still getting used to having a beard. Uh, the project that we're working on now is like six, six to eight months in the works. And it's got seriously the, the tr- like my favorite songs that we've ever produced. So like, it's always nice to like have that, but next year it's going to be the same thing over again. It's going to be like, it's gonna be like, all right, this is this year's project and we got it. And then next year, we're going to be feeling some other like vibe, some other like production method. We're going to find like figure out some weird thing that we haven't figured out before or just, I don't know this, the, uh, the approach to it changes all the time. So that's what like keeps it fresh for us. But that also is kind of like the reason why we like start over projects all the time is because it's just like, like, Oh damn, like, like we want it to sound like this now. Like we want it to sound like <laughs> this and like we can, we do it, but it's just like the timing of it is very like strange because you want to put it out but after the first ep it was out and then that's just like kind of what we are known for and so now we want to like kind of come back out in the same sort of style but in a way that you can tell that we've like like matured in our like in our sound which i think you can definitely tell for sure nice yeah i'll have to send you send you those tracks yeah man for sure what the fuck (laughs) i know dude stupid (laughs) get this dropbox folder going <laughs> right yeah man uh i need to uh get you guys to do a fucking i need a theme song man dude i'm telling you yeah <laughs> just intro track i mean it's perfect because 21st century schizoid podcast needs dude, we'd a be perfect it sounds like schizoid ex- sound sound yeah exactly and that's yeah we definitely have some skitsy stuff for sure yeah nice uh, do you know much about actually that's kind of a good segue into something i'd like to talk to you about mm. it's kind of like what you listen to um are you are you familiar with king crimson at all it sounds really familiar so king crimson is probably one of the most famous prog rock groups uh i mean they started back in like the late 60s and 21st century schizoid man is one of their most famous tracks from uh Uh, 
their release via Court of the Crimson King. And what's cool about the track, I mean, it's an That's awesome, it's an awesome, yeah, already. it's an awesome, <laughs> you, dude, we will have to listen to it yeah. here in a minute. Um, I feel like I should know this. You should definitely know it because uh, actually Kanye sampled 21st uh, cen- Century Schizoid Man in Power oh, from okay. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Cause he's like, it's got that 21st century yeah, yeah, man yeah, yeah. sample. Man, I feel bad <laughs> not knowing if I know it from Kanye and not the original. There's <laughs> right? something wrong with that. Yeah, exactly, dude. I'm gonna have to school you because yeah, for sure. I like a I like a lot of uh, I listen to a lot of hip hop, but I like a certain I don't know. Yeah, what you were showing me a couple days ago, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was. It's a couple of weeks back, I guess. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a bit, it sounded like it's like real instruments going off. And it was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I know what it sounded, was. Yeah. Uh, so that was Sean Lee, I think. Okay. And Clutchy Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of down tempo. I mean, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm like 90, 99% sure that that's all done mm-hmm. digitally somehow. Yeah. Uh, but just but like, it's got that analog exactly. sound, yeah, like yeah, real yeah. instrument sound, like, which yeah, I think acoustic, is real, real nice. Yeah, that's that was like, that was a really nice change of pace for my Spotify for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that stuff's cool, but I also like a lot of. Do you listen to Boards of Canada at all? I'm not even. Oh know. man, I feel bad for not inter- not saying that is one of my inspirations, but like those dudes are. That's like, the vibe that we listen to on a daily basis and it's just like I, I don't know it's just what you would listen to if you were like in a cabin by yourself <laughs> and it's like raining outside surrounded by trees and you'd probably cry like <laughs> it's beautiful beautiful music that's just like heavy analog based and like kind of in the same like realm of like like Kona Triangle and stuff like that where it's just like super beautiful fucking textures which is like almost like that, like just offbeat, like drum, like drum sounds. They're just like just super weird, and but like it all makes sense somehow. Like definitely yeah, gotcha. check out Boards of Canada. Man, we'll have to do a listening sesh exactly uh, once we wrap this podcast yeah, for up. For sure, because I do. I tend to like a lot of stuff that's kind of in an odd meter, yeah, or you know, in a minor key, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There's a lot of like texture to it. There's a lot of layers and melodies yeah and, and poly like really going groaning on. like just like weird like spacey echoey like panning shit going on yeah, that you're man. just like if you listen to them in headphones you're just kind of like feel like you're in outer yeah. space or something it's so interesting exactly that's the mood i always go for yeah exactly outer, <laughs> outer space yeah man. just uh what <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i've talked to you about my love for space oh but it's there yeah. me too so yeah <laughs> fuck with outer space <laughs> i fucks with space yeah dude for sure uh Man, space themes on Google. Check them out. You should check out too. Um, so LP is one half of Run the Jewels. Yeah. dude, his solo stuff. Yeah, is dude is so his, badass. Isn't his track on the uh, Black Panther? Yeah, trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. I mean the beats are like I don't know. It's I can't. I do like Run the Jewels. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just like his his solo work mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. You've got to go back and check out his album, uh, Fantastic Damage. Okay. And uh, I think it's I'll Sleep When You're Dead. Yeah. Those two albums are just, it's a pretty cool, it's kind of got this industrial mix, but exactly. like, yeah. like an industrial electronic sound, but he balances that out with kind of like some scratching and like yeah. some old school yeah, yeah, hip hop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Techniques. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That's like, it's like kind of without the like scratching, it's like kind of what 
we go for too is like just the really like id not like idm but like there's just like since kind of things that you don't really hear that often that are kind of just like like where is this coming from and but it's like super like to them like i guess their his own sound is like what he took from it so yeah it, it's kind of that dark like it, like i said it's a dark almost not not quite the gothic sound but i think you dig it and uh maybe be some yeah, sort of put, you know what I mean? yeah exactly and i don't mean like a direct inspiration it's <laughs> yeah. just like something to like think about it's yeah, new exactly. sounds um i don't know how your creative work is but it's mm-hmm. like i might be talking with someone and just their perspective or their mentioning of something like that triggers this whole other exactly strain of thought for mm-hmm. me so mm-hmm. even yeah, though no, it definitely. May, may not be like a direct inspiration yeah it'll spiral me off into thinking exactly and that's like why i think it really helps working with somebody else like being a group of two people because like somebody will hear a track that like they really like and will like show it to each other or like show it to him and like all of a sudden it like spawns this whole new like creative process or like way of thinking and we're just like oh man like that would be really cool to like kind of try to work off of or like incorporate that into our own tracks or just like mess with it and tinker with like that kind of like style i guess or, right on. yeah yeah nice well man um i think we've covered a pretty good amount for today yeah i definitely would like to have have you back maybe have brian dude for sure i was just thinking that time. like that's if we had brian here he would definitely be able to think of the things that i was forgetting (laughs) shout out brian boutwell uh so you know good luck in the studio thank you man i appreciate it we're gonna have to have to swing by there at some point too yeah definitely definitely it's like i'd like to check out your gear i I promise not to touch anything dude it's totally (laughs) fine there's like there's too much in there you can just fiddle away it's the whole point it's our little getaway I definitely, like I said, I've got, I've got a mix track too, and I've been, I've had it out for like a month, but I haven't, yeah. I have not touched yeah. it. I think, you know, the podcast takes up a lot of my extra energy and thought, well, but good, it's man. definitely something yeah. that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, and not only like DJing, but also, you know, production. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, I love, I love music. I got I mean, Ableton in my backpack right now. <laughs> if you want to check it out after this. Right on. Um, I know I've even talked to you about like an Ableton push. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think those things are sick, man. Hell yeah, dude. God, if so you sick. can, if you can afford both of those at once, <laughs> do it. Don't buy them separately. Get the bundle. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, once again, uh, I'd like to thank James Welch, thank one half you, of, of Bames, for coming out today and yeah. uh, sharing his thoughts on on music with us. Thank you for having me and <laughs> letting me share my thoughts. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, man. Right. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. SoundCloud.com slash BAMES. <laughs> <laughs>